It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. everybody, I am Jason Squires, the Director of Mentorship for Worship Leader, and welcome to the next episode of The Table podcast. Um, we are, I'm excited about today. Today, uh, we actually get to hang out with one of our mentors. Uh, we got to, last couple podcasts, you've heard some of, from some of our mentors, from Michael Bond, and, uh, and today we get to hear from Joe Hornis. Joe, how's it going? Great, man. How are you? Doing great. I love our conversations. I love, I love getting to hang out uh, and just chat through worship and life and ministry. And um, can you tell everybody a little bit about you and kind of who the the man, the myth, the legend that is Joe Hornis? <laughs> None of that. But you know, I was blessed enough to uh, spend ten years back in the eighties of doing high school ministry at Willow Creek Church in Chicago, overseeing all of the programming, the music and stuff that we were doing for hundreds and hundreds of uh, high school kids every week. And then came a day when um, the powers that be pulled me aside and said, we'd like you to move over and take over worship for our midweek services. And so they created a new team of us that um, that then um, took over leading worship for our Wednesday and Thursday night services, which um, which I had grown up in a church where you kind of sang three hymns and sat down and and so God used those years in the 90s and the early 2000s um, to um, to really form. Um, my heart about what worship is, what God hopes it would be, and how God could use my life and gifts to to further that um, in our church. And then um, I left there to help. Um, I've actually done a, two startup churches since then, and uh, where you kind of go back to start with nobody instead of all the the resources of a willow, and um, and build ministry and and hopefully authentic real transformational worship ministries um, in other places as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your family as well? Mm, mm-hmm. You, yeah. have, one of, you yeah. have one of those, right? Yeah, I do. I have, have two gorgeous daughters who are both married and both have, one of them has a baby that's uh, was born December 14th a year ago, and the other one has a baby that was born on December 15th, just this past year. So <laughs> two grandkids now, and um, and the, one of the miracles is, is that my kids both live half an hour away. They oh, that's asked awesome. Becky and I to move close because they wanted us to be involved in their lives, and so we we just adore living close to our kids and to our grandkids. And I'm married to Becky, who is an interpreter. She's a sign language interpreter and um, just the most amazing lady in the world. So um, very grateful. I love that. I love that. Um, hey, so you ministry and you've been, you've been in the big church, the small church. Um, you know, this whole month we're talking about 
developing purpose and mission and vision and kind of as ministries are growing and people might not realize that's a thing they need to do. But uh, first, I want to ask this question. Um, you know, like I said, we're chatting about developing vision and purpose for your worship team. What, like, what would you say is the difference between vision, purpose, and mission? Like, they're kind of three words that get thrown around, um, yeah. and some people might think they have the same mi- uh, definition. But what, 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 what's your thought on that? Yeah, and just a, a a thought about that question too is these days, you know, with so much emphasis on you know leadership and and uh, there's a million books on Christian leadership and leading your church and and conferences and so the, these kind of business terms get thrown around a lot and um, and sometimes they're intimidating and sometimes we don't understand them and I think it's it's really important that we get our arms around these things in whatever ways make sense to us as artists and as worship leaders so that we can communicate effectively to the people that we're trying to serve and the people we're trying to lead. Amen. Um, so, you know, purpose to me is why we exist. You know, wh- what what's the reason for our church, for our worship team, for me as a worship leader? Why do I exist? That's the purpose. And, and in, our, in our context here, for me as a worship leader, I go, well, bottom line, I exist to worship God, to give him praise and to lead groups of people into authentic times of where they engage with and meet and praise God. I mean, that bottom line, God says, come to me and worship. And that's why we exist. And that's our purpose. Then out of that, um, we go, well, then how do we do, how do we accomplish what we exist for? And that's our mission. And to say, well, then what is our plan of action to take people from here to there? And, um, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but that gets into, into how we do what we do, what are the most important things for us to do well in order to fulfill our purpose. And then the vision, I think it's most helpful um, to just say, well, the vision is what the future looks like if we succeed. Here's our purpose. Here's how we think we're going to get there. And the vision is that should be inspirational. That should inspire us and motivate us to say, if we carry out our purpose and carry out this mission and do it well. This is where we should end up. And Mm. this is what we believe God will do and what our church will look like, what our teams will look like if we can live, live out this uh, calling that God's given us. Gosh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, What, I mean, you touched on, you touched on it a little bit. What would you say is the purpose of the worship ministry at church? Like what is, what is the, like what if in a, you know, broad sense and it, I mean, what would you say that would look like? Um, One of the verses that hit me along my journey was um, Ezekiel 36. And one of the verses there says, God says, I have concern for the honor of my name. God's about to bless the people. And you've heard me talk about this before, but to me, I kind of go for any real worship leader we can't stand that thought that we would just go our concern is the honor of god's name and the fact that he would say i have concern for it that makes a worship leader just 
go, oh, that's my holy discontent. I cannot abide that because I want to make sure that where I am and what I'm doing, the purpose that God has given us is to glorify his name, to lift him up, to honor him, to praise him, and um, to just to declare our, our love for a God of grace and power and goodness. And, um, and so our purpose is to say, well, then, Wherever we are, wherever God's planted us, our calling on our life should go, God, what do we do? What can we do? Then that gets into the mission, but to glorify and honor your name, because we believe it honors God, but it's also going to transform and change people. And um, some along with that, I kind of like to think sometimes, too, of going, well, what is it not? Because I use I have done lots of consulting literally around the world, especially in my days with Willow, uh, with uh, worship teams and worship pastors, and and um, I would work with people at all kinds of crazy visions or you know purposes. And what it's not is worship is not uh, a programming element to grow our church. Mm. It's not a programming. It's not using programming pieces or what we think is hip or cool or sounds good or looks good or is popular. It's not trying to get people in the door. It's not doing three songs to create it, uh, energy before our message. One place I was at said, we always do two up songs and two slow songs. And that was the formula that they wanted to attract people and I think we get things backwards when we go, you know what attracts people to our churches? When God is honored, when he gets lifted up, Amen. when the people in the rooms, when their hearts engage and they're being moved by who God is and their hearts are just pour out. People experience that. And I'll tell you a story later, but people experience that and they go, this, there's something supernatural going on here. I want to be a part of this place. Worship is not a program. Worship is not a programming element to grow our church. Right. We need to we need to repeat that over and over again. Like that is such a big piece. Like worship is not the programming element to grow our church. I've I can I'm I'm with you on that. I've been to so many churches that you you walk in and it's and like in the conversations the conversation is like it needs to it needs to have have this and look like this so that way people will want to come and, and it's like well that's not that's not what we're doing. That's not, that's not, but isn't it terrifying to stop and think like we leading worship? There's a huge, it's a huge task. Like yeah. the purpose of worship ministry is not small. Like it's not a, like you don't just go to work and do a little task and go home. Like your purpose, like purpose is not a small thing. I mean, I get, I get terrified. I get, I get stuck sometimes under that thinking like, Oh my gosh, like this is, like God's called me to do what? Like, and, and so, um, yeah, I love, I'm just replaying that statement in my head that worship is not a programming element to grow our church. Like that's a. Yeah. Cause what happens is I think is when, if that becomes first in line, if that becomes our, you know, what our purpose is, then worship gets watered down and it becomes something different where we're not shooting for the right goals, you know, whereas when we keep, honoring God's name, when we keep giving him glory and him praise, and we lead people to where their hearts and their lives engage with him authentically on, you know, on, in a worship time where he is the focus of our attention, you know, then the great news is 
that will bring people to our church. Amen. But when we try to go after using worship just to be cool or hip or, you know, to attract, then I think it backfires and you go, no, that it's, it's not what's uh, hip or cool or contemporary or loud or, you know, the latest, greatest thing. That's not what draws people to our church. It's the presence of God and the longing in every person to be met by him and touched by him. And when that begins to happen, then our churches begin to change. And let's just be honest, and I'm willing to say this out loud, is is if people are coming to your church because things are shiny, they're not going to stick around very long. Like right. they're not, they're not, it's not actual growth. It's not actual, it's not actual church growth. Actual church growth is people who come to experience the presence of God. That's a that that's a that's something that I'm willing to say out loud because it's uh I mean those are those that's one of those one of those statements that's like, yeah, it's a thing. Like we visual growth because people are coming means they're, they're like, like the purpose behind why they come is very important. Yeah, even those that don't know that that's what they're looking for, but somewhere right. they walk in because there's been a crisis in their life or something, but when they experience God's presence, all of a sudden they go, oh, I needed that. Yep. You know, it, something changed in me. And, you know, I think, and to me, it points us back to the character of God. You go, we have a God that refuses to be outgiven. And when we say our purpose is to give him glory and praise and honor and to lift him up. And then he goes, well, guess what? When you do that, I'll change your heart. I will change your lives. I'll change the, the, the kind of church you, you, you are. I will, I will not be outdone. And, and when we set our, our hearts around giving him glory, then he comes back and says, well, now look what I'm going to do in and through you. Oh, gosh, I love this. What, um, talk to the person who might be thinking, I've never thought of this. Like, I've never thought of this. Like, in this process, like, what should I, what are some ways I can start kind of developing my purpose and developing some of these things? Um, like, is it, sitting down and talking to people? Is it me working my way through this? Like, what are some ways um, that we could, someone could start to develop the purpose of the ministry at their church? Yeah, wow, great question. Um, I think there's a lot of great stuff to read these days. You know, uh, Chris Tomlin, what, you know, what was, what was Chris Tomlin? Uh, Holy Roar. I was going to say it had Roar in it. Yep. And uh, Rory Nolan's book, uh, Transformational Worship. Yep. And um, to, to read and study, um, to, to me, every worship leader's life and every morning ought to start with time where you yeah. just sit down with your journal, your cup of coffee and your Bible and you go, really, it starts there. And uh, the more that I fall in love with who Jesus is the better picture I paint of him for those that are around me, the teams I lead, the congregation that I lead. And, um, and then, you know, then that idea of going, the fact that God would go, you know, I have concern for the honor of my name, then that becomes more and more dear to us to go, no, I, I do not want that to happen under my watch, you know, and it becomes that desire to, to honor God just becomes, intrinsic in, in our souls, yep. you know, but I think reading, studying, living life out of that, uh, pursuing a depth of relationship with Christ, um, those things all 
build that purpose and that longing in us. I love it. And I think a, a book I would add to that list would be um, The Reset by Jeremy Riddle. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And it's just a good, another one that's like a good, like stop and realize this is what we're doing and stop and realize this is the time. I, I mean, we all, we, we all struggle with time. I've stopped I mean, having to like stop and, uh, you know, start your day in the presence of Jesus and start your day doing those things um, or end your day or wherever you find that space in your day. Um, but I think I agree with you. I think it's important to go like w- worship. Like we're not just, um, it shouldn't just become a job or a task and it shouldn't feel like I'll, I, I have to go program. I have to go set up and I have to go do all these administrative skills. We talked about this last month in our, in our um, mentor coffee chat that worship leaders have lots of very different hats they have to wear. Um, you know, not only the musical skill, the administration skill, and then the leading people skill. Like it's like there's very different things that come in, but then you got to go up a level and go, no, I got to know why I'm doing all of these things and make sure that it's important and make sure that we're not just existing. Um, how would I, how would I communicate the purpose to my team? Like this as a worship leader, um, is do you think it's important to constantly be reminding people why we do something or, uh, you know, is there a, how have you done this in the past? Is it just kind of like unspoken that this is the way we do it or why we do it? Or is it good to constantly be reminding people um, about those kind of things? Yeah, no, I, to me, you know, the old phrase vision leaks, you know, I know we're talking about purpose, but, but that, um, but I think it's something that has to be talked about all of the time. You know, that we constantly are bringing ourselves back to go, what this is, is about giving God glory. It's giving Christ honor. It's the idea that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, you know, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I think we we have to talk about it, you know, and the scriptures say, you know, put it on your forehead, put it, teach yep. it to your children, put it on your doorposts. Um it is it is something that we have to keep constantly in front of them front of us because life and people and circumstances and time and covid and life will will conspire to take away our remembrance and our assurance that God is who he says he is and what it means to to give him everything that we have and it's so easy every worship leader, I think if we were honest, we have, we could go, have you ever taken the stage when your heart was really empty and you hadn't really been walking with God and you really, you know, and you really went through the motions because, because you've done this long enough that, that you can do it by rote now and right. no one will really know. And you go, yep, we've all been there. Yep. How, and we know how easily it can become that. But if it's that for very long, something begins to die in us and we no longer paint people the picture, the kind of picture of God uh, and the awe and the wonder and the love for him that, that, that we're designed to bring. I think that very well transitions us to that, to another question here. Um, what are some telltale signs that we've shifted away from our purpose? Like if, if, like, if you were like, what are some ways where like things I can step back and look like I've have a purpose, obviously our purpose is to point people to Jesus and now what are, what are some, um, 
what are some things that would come up in maybe that you, you can have seen or um, things to look for to go, hey, we should probably come back to the reason and we're, we're moving away and the boat's turning or um, so what, what, are your, what are some of your thoughts with that? Wow. You know, yeah, that could be a whole podcast on its own. But <laughs> Go the, for it. I mean, um, signs that we've shifted away, you know, uh, one, I mean, hopefully the first place we look is look in a mirror and yeah. start to go, something's not fully alive in me. Something's dying in me. Um, the, I think excellence begins to wane, you know, we, we're not as motivated to do things uh, well in a way that honors God, um, or excellence becomes, you know, our idol. And it's about recognition and ego or people paying attention to us, or we get upset when somebody else uh, gets the solo that we wanted, or, you know, gets to go on the trip that we thought we should go on. And there's, and I think, but a lot of it shows up in our hearts and our character and our attitudes when we start to go, um, we're, we're slipping away from the fact that what we're here to do is, is to honor God. Um, when worship becomes a programming element, when we're singing songs instead of, instead of engaging hearts, um, I think that's a big deal when, um, when our conversation as a church staff begins to be about how do we attract, uh, attract people, you know, how do we, uh, how do we become bigger than the church down the road or how do we attract, attract, do music that to attract people and to, um, to just to build our numbers, um, Somewhere you go, well, yeah, we would love for that to be a byproduct, but that's not where we start. Right. And, um, you know, that, so those kind of things, I think when, um, you know, uh, I was at a church one time where they hired all professional musicians and got rid of all of their volunteers. And uh, the pastor came up after, after a, you know, a performance number. And he said, let's hear it for the best band in town, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, and the guy next to oh, me, no. didn't know, I was a worship leader. And he, and he said, he said, yeah, but they are all paid and none of them go to our church. And, um, and he said, it's just a show. And, um, and you go, okay, yep. Those are the moments when you go, okay, uh, we're we're doing this for something other yeah. than to glorify God. But and again, we're what we're trying. What what matters the most is I think on Sunday mornings. Here we go. On Sunday mornings, there's every person that walks in the door. If they were really honest and could slow down and think about it, is hoping on some level to hear from God and to be touched by Him. But here's the other side of it. I think that we have a God that says every Sunday morning, oh, I hope you'll come and meet with me. Mm. I would love to hear from you. I would love to meet with you. I would love to talk to you. And we have a God that is as longing for those times as we are. And, um, and our focus has to stay on going. What we're about, guys, is not performing songs. What we're about is helping God and people engage their hearts with each other. Amen. Um, 
one of the verses that really transformed my early worship leading experience was Isaiah 29, 13, where God says, you worship me with your lips and not your hearts because your hearts are far from me and your worship of me consists of tradition learned by rote. And I know this is exactly what we're talking about all yep. these thousands of years later. You worship me with your, you, you sing the songs, but your heart's not in it. And Jesus quotes that to, in the New Testament in Matthew to the Pharisees. He says, you worship me with your lips and not your hearts. And then he follows it and he says, in vain do you worship me. Yep. Really put it in modern language. Jesus said, if your heart's not in this, don't bother. Yeah. And I think for every one of us as worship leaders, we go, if we're just singing songs, Jesus really says, it's not what I'm longing for. What our job as a worship leader is to say, how do we create moments that engage people's hearts, that move them past singing words to expressing genuine hearts and emotions and praise from their hearts? Yeah. And to realize when that happens, our people are changed and God is blessed and worship is now it's doing what it's supposed to do. That's why God gave it to us. Yeah, I, um, you mentioned 20, Isaiah 29, 13. And uh, I think in the NIV, it says, uh, instead of traditions taught by road, I think it says rules taught by men. Oh, and yeah. yeah, and so like along that line of going, like it's, it is, it is rules taught by men of like the, this is the, what we've made it to be rather than what it should be. And um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's huge, Joe. Joe, I, this is, um, uh, what do you, what are your, um, what are your thoughts on, uh, like, do you think, um, I mean, how do you communicate that to the congregation? Meaning like your purpose, we talk about our team, but like that should also be communicated churchwide to go, like, this is why we exist. So it's not as to not, you know, in case that it's festering in somebody that like, you know, that I come, I come to church because worship is sounds and looks a certain way to like be verbalizing. No, we exist because we get to point people to Jesus. Um, do you think that's something that should be stated? Or is that something like you said that leaks out of it should, it, it is just, it should be evident in what you're doing. Well, it should be evident, but I know I totally agree that one of the missing links is, is that I think we need to teach our congregations what worship is. Yep. I mean, and every time you see worship uh, showing up in the Bible, the people are called, you know, think of going to Mount Sinai and God gives them three days to get ready. And, uh, you know, the people should have this sense of when I walk in, I'm my my God's hope is that I'm, I'm ready to bring something yep. and, and, um, and that they would understand what worship is. And I think sometimes we work so hard on the stage and getting the notes right and doing, and, you know, singing cool harmonies and we're doing all kinds of cool stuff from the stage, but the congregation doesn't really know what we're trying to do yet. And so they don't know how to engage with us. And uh, C.S. Lewis wrote at one point that one of his greatest stumbling blocks uh, to Christianity was, uh, was worship, because he couldn't mm. figure out why we had a God that needed compliments. And, um, and he said, he said he secretly, he thought that the secret question that every Christian wished somebody would answer was, why do we worship? And, uh, and I think helping our people understand why would we sing? 
Why do we come? Why do we praise? And um, if you, if you think about yeah. it, it's a weird thing. Like mm-hmm. on the onset, like when you look at like we gather together to sing songs to somebody we can't see. Like yeah. when you like if you're coming into the church and you and you kind of strip everything else away, visually, it's a weird thing. Like it's yeah. a it's just it's not it's not you don't do that in any other any other place in life. You attend concerts yeah. where you participate in singing the lyrics that might move you because of the way the song was written. Like song, music has a, drives emotion. Um, or you go to school and you listen to a, a teacher tell you something and that might, might you know, encourage you or you're learning. So like the message, you can see that connection point. But worship is just a thing where you're like, unless you show somebody how to do it, we don't, I mean, what is, there's not a, there's, it, you just kind of, we just assume that people know what we're doing. Like we assume that that's a, that, 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 that's a, that's not a, it's not a common place. One of the funnest things to me about when I first started leading worship, I, I would have these thoughts about, God, why don't you give me something more noble to do with my life than just singing some songs with yeah. church people? Right. And, um, and when I started to read like Isaiah 29, 13 and started to say, no, what, and felt like God was saying, what I want you to do is help people engage their hearts with me. I want them to meet mm. I want them to be emotionally and personally present. And I want to have this engagement with them. And then when, when, when you start to figure that out as a worship leader and go that, then that you go, I'll give my life to that. Yep. Yep. But then you sit down with every worship run and go, how and where am I, am I going to help people engage their hearts with this? You know, how am I going to paint them a picture of God to which their hearts can respond? How do I use scripture or a story or a testimony? Or um, here's for the price of the, this is pays for the price of the podcast, which there is none here. But, um, but uh, simply ask a question. You know, if, if I'm going through a run of songs and I'm about to go into great is thy faithfulness and I said, friends, just bow our heads, bow your heads for a moment. Where do you need to see God be faithful in your life right now? Where would you say, God, please show up, show your love, your grace, your mercy. I need you. Mm. Where do you need to see God be faithful? And then you read, you know, you read a verse or two, uh, but this I will remember and this I will call to mind. Your mercies are new every morning. Your loving kindness never ceases. Great is thy faithfulness, O God out of Lamentations 3. And and you go, now, friends, bring whatever was on your heart but the, and remember the promise that he says, his loving kindness never ceases. Now let's sing this. Great is thy... You yep. sing it a whole lot differently than if you just plowed through the song. Yep. And And I think that's the fun, that's the challenge for us as worship leaders is to go how and where do we take the worship order that we planned and where, how do we help people engage with it so we don't just blow through and sing songs? That's the fun part to That's me. That's right, right, right. Music, yeah. the music's the byproduct on Sunday morning of, mm-hmm. of, what, of what we're doing. Yeah. Ah, Joe, this is so good. Um, as we kind of wrap up today, uh, I mean, we call the podcast The Table, um, and I, I firmly believe, if you've ever seen anything I post on Facebook, that good conversation happens around good food. Um, I'm a, My Facebook page and Instagram, I was, I'm always posting photos of food. 
So if I was coming over to the Hornet's house, which needs to happen, we need to do this. Um, what is a meal you guys would be serving? Like what is something, what's like a, like a dinner that you guys would really do well or enjoy having? You know, for, I married an awesome woman that is an amazing cook. And uh, if you were coming and Becky wasn't here, we'd probably have a microwavable, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, Marie Callender. That's or right. <laughs> TV yeah, dinner. Right, right, <laughs> um, but uh, if Becky were here, then she makes the most amazing spare ribs or chicken on the grill, oh. uh, corn on the cob, which in Michigan summers is amazing because yeah. it's in here. Um, but uh, yeah, I would go baked potatoes, uh, spare ribs uh, and uh and fresh corn on the cob oh, that nice. would that'd be a good uh that'd be a good becky meal that sounds that could be a good becky meal i mean to make sure that becky's home when this happens yeah, this is absolutely you're like where's the takeout menu drawer <laughs> yep. hey joe how can we connect with you what, what are some ways we can kind of connect with you online you know, yeah, because we, at some point, you know, we didn't even talk about the mission of kind of how do we get there in the vision and what's the future look like if we do the things. That we, but I love what we talked about and yep. I love the heart of what we got to. And these days, friends, I'm, um, I am leading the Joe Hornis Worship Collective and it's called Engaging the Heart. Um, you can find out about it. Just go to joehornis.com or contact me at info at joehornis.com. Um, but we offer coaching and mentoring um, on a weekly basis for worship leaders and the whole worship teams, whole churches it's, can use this um, to learn about worship, to help plan worship sets, to get feedback on worship sets that you've done and to get personal coaching calls and input uh, that just helps you grow as a worship leader. So if you're somebody to go, man, I'm a worship leader now and I never planned on this, where do I get help? Yep. Um, you know, I worship leader magazine is an awesome resource that offers Jason what you guys do and what we get to do together is an awesome resource and uh, also feel free to check out joehornets.com and the, and the worship collective there I love it love it Joe I thank you so much for hanging out with us today this is you, you know I appreciate you so so much this and is just love this what is you fun do. I love that we get to do this this is <laughs> and it's and it's and there are moments I stop and go this is work like this is we yeah. get to do this and hang out together and uh, and uh, call it call it our job call it our job but call it you know all of those things but yeah just anytime we get to hang out I I appreciate all the wisdom that you drop the uh, as you said earlier before we got on the uh, the Operation Dumbo drops on on some of the and <laughs> some of these these moments um, but yeah so thanks so much for hanging out uh, and we will see you guys next time see ya thanks everyone. <laughs>